This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, on Friday, the Rugby World Cup begins. It's going to last until October the 28th, when the final will be held in Paris. It's a fabulous event, and Ireland have a real stake in this. We're high in the world rankings. We have, we think, a fabulous team, but rugby union is tough, but it is exciting. And throughout the World Cup, we'll be covering it. And it's a great pleasure to have Matt Williams helping us. Matt knows everything there is to know about the game, and particularly about the Southern Hemisphere, where South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand are from. And they're three of the big guns, along with Ireland. Matt has coached at the highest level. He regularly contributes to the Irish Times and has done since 2009. He will be working for Virgin Media throughout this tournament and it's a great pleasure to have him on the stand. Matt, you're very welcome. I must say, even I, as a soccer man, am excited about this World Cup, not just because Ireland are the number one nation going into it, uh, <laughs> but because I'm looking forward to the French, who they say have a really good team now, and of course, the New Zealand, South Africa. So I guess you must be looking forward to it in a big way. Are you? Oh, definitely am, I mean, Thanks very much for having me in the kind introduction. It, it's it's a very unique World Cup. And, I mean, look, I would, certainly would not even suggest I have anywhere near the knowledge of, of soccer that you do, but if you look across World Cups, there tends to be one or two teams that say, well, they'll probably get there or their way out in front. Yeah. And, and that's certainly been the case in rugby. It's generally been the New Zealanders. They, they, they've had, you know, an advantage over, or, or not, I shouldn't say an advantage, but they are being better than everyone leading into World Cups. But sometimes that, that monkey has been on their back and the pressure has got to them. But they have been the leaders. Where in this World Cup, over the last two years, all the top eight teams have basically beaten each other. Yes. Which is, is truly exceptional in rugby. Truly exceptional. Um, and the emergence of Ireland to be the number a world ranking, which I don't give a lot of prestige to the world rankings. Yes. Let's just put it at the one side. But they are ranked number one in the world. But they have beaten New Zealand in New Zealand now only th- in a three test series. Now, if they put that in its historic relevance, there's only two other teams done that in history. That's a team from South Africa, and I think it was '54, and the Wallabies in 1986. So there is no they're, they're, they've got their name with those three. Yes. Absolutely legendary team. So that's an extraordinary achievement 
from Ireland. So they are definitely there. It's in France. France have won every game except to Ireland in the last 12 months, yes. including beating New Zealand and South Africa. And then, of course, you have the New Zealanders and the South Africans who never put out a weak side. So you've got these four teams capable of winning. And then, but the draw has also come into play in this. Yeah, the draw, the draw is huge, my And I was, that's the first question I was going to ask you. Ireland are in the same group as South Africa in Group B and Group A has France and New Zealand. So there's no way really of the big beasts avoiding each other, is there, in in a quarterfinal? No. So of those four you just mentioned, which are the top four in the world, only two can make the semi in reality. Yeah. They're going to knock each other because they'll play each other. The one, one will play two from the other pool. So New, New Zealand will either play Ireland or South Africa and France will play the, the corresponding one. So two of them will not make the semi-final. Does that make it very lopsided, Matt? Oh, it does, I mean, there's, I mean, look, that, we, we would need a podcast for two hours for me to take you through how poor the administration is of, of world rugby and the neglect on the game. It is, you know, it is diabolical, Eamon. But, yeah. but this is done on world rankings, yet England have only played New Zealand once in six years. France have only played South Africa once in five years. Before last November, and Ireland and Australia had only played one, had only last played in not in 2018. So, so the the, the world rankings are really skewed. They, yes. they, but that's the best they've got. So at the time, which was two years ago, they had a formula, and this fell into this formula. So on the other side of the pool, this this is what you have the weaker teams. But this what also makes this World Cup open to a bolter. This makes this World Cup possible at a team like Argentina or Australia, who have been very poor, Wales, England, even one of the Pacific Island teams. They have a great path to a semi-final. Right. And once you make that semi, once you can win a quarter, and it's been proven over history in the in the World Cup rugby World Cup history, if you can win a quarterfinal, you can win it. So Australia won the World Cup twice. And on both occasions, they were not the best team in the, in the World Cup, but they won crucial quarterfinals and then they had two big performances and won World Cups. So it is a very, very unusual World Cup for all those reasons and a number of others. It's the emergence of the South American countries that we would usually associate with football like Chile, Uruguay and Argentina that have really emerged. No United States, no Canada, and you also have – Portugal, Georgia, and Romania, European minnows who have, who have coming through, and then also the Polynesian countries are really, really boosted for this World Cup because they changed the laws. So if you were a Polynesian player and you played for Australia, that was it, you were gone. Now, after three years, you can go back and play for your country of birth. And I think that's it's aimed at the Tier 2 nations, and I think it's a really good change. What about Japan? I seem to have a memory in my head of Japan doing miracles and playing way above themselves. I think it was in a rugby tournament. It could have yeah, been soccer. You, you, no, you're dead right, I am. You're dead right. So there's a very there's a professional league in Japan, and it is the um, most lucrative professional league in the world. It's, it's great, huge money. A lot of the South Africans are playing uh, in that league. So it, it is a very big league for there. And Japan beat South Africa in 2015 World Cup, and they beat Ireland at the last World Cup in Japan yes. in 2019. They are at this World Cup. Their results haven't been as strong, 
but they do have history and, and got experience. But th- they haven't improved the way many thought they would, um, which is reasonably complicated in that they have an internal competition and they're not exposing themselves to this constant uh, international competition like like the Six Nations or the Championship in the South. So that's a problem for their national team. But definitely we can't write them off. Now, on Friday, this coming Friday at uh, 8.15 our time, I think, France play New Zealand. Now, the French uh, rugby is a game they love. They play with flair, uh, vitality, imagination. But they can be also moody and disengaged. But they do have a very good coach, don't they, who has made a, a significant difference to this French team. He, he has. It's a guy called Fabien Galtier, um, who I know very, very well. Great player himself. Um, and Eamon, it's, it's, it's not quite like soccer, but the clubs in France are very wealthy and it is the most powerful league in the world. And what happened is for many years, probably, probably for a decade, they had preference over the national team and the French national team really dropped down yes. very, very low in the rankings. And what what happened was, and it's probably a little bit connected with your the political side of your podcast, they, they got political clout within the organisation and the government and the national team then took priority back. So the players were rested the week before the Six Nations. They were allowed to have camps, bring players in, be organised, which – the clubs weren't letting them do for a yes. decade. They, they would literally turn up five days before a Six Nations and play a game. The week after, they'd have to go back and play with their club and then come back and play for their country, where Ireland and England, they just didn't do that. That was something out of the amateur days. He, he has turned all that around. He's brought in a very professional coaching group, including which is uh, 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 Sean Edwards, who's a, yes. a famous Welsh defensive coach, which is yes. very unusual for the French to bring in foreigners. They, they tend to not like foreign coaches. And they have changed their discipline. They are very fit and with something we would have said they weren't before. Their fitness levels are now world class. And at home, they are playing a, an exceptional brand of rugby. There's probably one other thing, I mean, your listeners might be interested in. They have, um, a young player called Antoine Dupont and yes. he's a scrum half. Now I'm, I'm not saying this lightly. I mean, I've, I've thought deeply about this. I'm in my sixties. I've seen a lot of players and I've watched back on tape a lot of the greats. And I think he's the best scrum half I've ever seen with the great Gareth Edwards from the 1970s. Yes. I never saw a lot. I've only seen him yeah. on tape. He is a truly, truly exceptional individual yes. that is doing things on a rugby field. And like all greats, I mean, you know, a great player. They make it look easy. Yeah. And you look back and go, how did, how did he do that? Yeah, and also these great individuals can rise to the great occasion. Um, Absolutely. And, and this, I mean, on Friday night, they start the tournament against the All Blacks, which is mind-boggling, really. I should point out to our listeners that you are exiled in France uh, <laughs> from your be- beloved Australia. And that you know the game there very well. And Ronan O'Gara, we know, uh, has done very well. Has he at uh, La Rochelle, isn't it? He, he's yeah. coaching there. And Ronan is a very intelligent man, as I'm sure you know. Very interesting guy. And no doubt has a future probably coaching Ireland. But the point I, I want to get at is uh, this is going to take an awful lot out of France. And it's a big question being asked of New Zealand 
very early on, where Joe Schmidt, who was our coach, as you know, better than me, uh, he's their forwards coach, I understand. Uh, I mean, you, you, you're exactly right. And for the first game in the World Cup to have such bearing is quite extraordinary. Like th- this, this game could very well determine the eventual lifter of the William Webb Ellis Trophy, the trophy for the World yeah. Cup. New Zealand were in exceptional form uh, during the championship in the, in the Southern Hemisphere. They play Australia, Argentina, and and um, South Africa. They played some of the best rugby I've ever seen from them. Their, their game against South Africa, the opening 18 minutes was sublime. Now, then they came up against South Africa in Twickenham a couple of weeks ago in a warm-up game and were well and truly beaten, flogged, as a matter of fact, their yeah. highest loss in their history. Now, they did have a red card in that game. Players were sent off and so on. And I'm not taking too much of that, but there's pressure on both sides, but in different ways. Yes. So the expectation at home, so President President um, Macron. Uh, Macron. I almost said Mitterrand. I'm showing my age there. <laughs> I, met, I met Mitterrand a long time ago. No, I met uh, Macron. I visited the French camp yesterday. And I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a huge um, uproar. Occurred uh, in this. There's a racism issue, isn't there? I am aware of that. Yes, yes. This uh, Bastian Cellero came as a replacement, a big second rower, and uh, he has was convicted in 2020 of uh, assault, and uh, but there was a racial element, racial abuse in there. Now he has appealed that that he, he's admitted to the um, to the assault, but he appealed the. Uh, racial side of that yes. that's still before the courts. Now he that that was in 2020. He's since played for France several times. He's been he was announced in the squad, uh, the, the extended squad earlier in June without a word. Now the day before uh, the president is to turn up and meet the French team, the far left party, the deputy of the far left party here in France, complained that he's a racist and he shouldn't be in the side. And it has created an absolute furor in France. Yes. Now. No matter which way you cut that up, whatever we think of the, of the racial abuse and so on, the, the timeline is shows it is a it, it was you know it's politically motivated to get to to get to the president as he's visiting the team on the yeah. day of and so on. But it has put great pressure on the team and the and the French coach, which the French rugby public are absolutely raging about yes. that they should be behind the team. Again, if we look at the politics of this, I think it's something you'd be very interested in. Parts of both the left and right do not want the World Cup. They think they're spending too much money on it. And, of course, that's being followed by the, the Olympics in Paris. Yes. So, and all of that is to is to is is lifting the president up in the eyes of the world and they're, of course, trying to diminish him in the eyes of the French with an election coming up in a few years. Yes, and he's also at war with the, the workers because he wants to raise the pension age. Exactly. And that is a huge issue in France. Massive, I, I massive. know France very well. And I had a house and lived there for quite some time on and off to escape from my enemies in Ireland. <laughs> no, no. But uh, I know France uh, very well and I know how incendiary that whole race element is. If we take yes. that out of that game, it, and this is where it, it, it impacts on Ireland and South Africa, the top two in the group progress and the French... And then France and New Zealand are obviously in a group with Italy, Namibia, Uruguay, and it looks certain that they will progress or highly likely in first or second place. And then they'll meet, we hope, 
Ireland and South Africa first and second again in Pool B. So there's going to be a big casualty early on, which is a shame, isn't it? Is it possible to, I don't want you to predict, but it isn't easy to predict the French anyway. <laughs> no, it's 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 not. A, they, they have had a phenomenal record at the Stade de France where they're playing tomorrow with a beautiful stadium there in yep. Saint-Denis in Paris, gorgeous place. Now, now let, let's 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 suggest France win. That means New Zealand would be second in their pool. Yeah. So if that means for Ireland to avoid France, now let me put that in some history for you. Since 1972, Ireland have only won, have defeated France in France three times. Yes. So their the, their record against France in France is is as bad as it gets. Yes. Yet against New Zealand. They've beaten them eight uh, over the last eight games. They've beaten them five times. Yes, it, it is in all, out of out of you know it's the it's the choice between two great great dilemmas. You know, there's no yes. easy game here. But if I, it, it could be in Isla's interest to lose to South Africa, because that yes. way South Africa would come first and have to face France, and Ireland could come second and beat New Zealand. So the key game for Ireland, remembering they also have Scotland in their pool, who have been playing exceptionally well, also. They may very well lose to South Africa but beat Scotland to avoid playing France. Right. Now, if France win, here's the other. Now, we're, we're really in the realm of some conspiracy theories here. If France win, Ireland would want to beat South Africa and, and Scotland to avoid playing France. They don't want to come second in their pool if France right. win. So the, the, the entire structure of Ireland's journey Will be, in my opinion, could be determined on on uh, Friday night. Now that doesn't mean that Ireland are not capable of beating France. They'll have to beat France somewhere if they're going to win it, and they have done. But the, of of on their side of the pool, when you have South Africa, Scotland, yes. and New Zealand and France, it, it is such a fraught journey, Eamon, that that to predict it with any certainty, you know, we yes. would be lying. There are so many variables at play. But it does make it very fascinating. Yeah, and the Irish squad and the Irish coach Andy Farrell, uh, who has a, a long and illustrious history in rugby league in England, and right. whose son, of course, is the captain of England. He's in trouble for something or other. But he appears to have done a really good job with Ireland. Is that true? Absolutely, I mean, He took over from Joe Schmidt after the World Cup 2009 and... and to be really honest, Joey, the, the team was poor and Andy struggled because he'd never been a head coach. And as you know, yep. there's a massive difference from being a, a very good assistant where all your job is just technical work, you know, with things you love, how, how you play the game, to being the head coach where you can, you've got staff, you've got everything under your control and you spend less time on the technicalities and more time on the big picture. He struggled with that. Two years into it, there was some form of, of road to Damascus. There was some form of great change that he understood that if he didn't get it right in, in the summer of, of 2021, he was, he was not coming out of that. He was going yeah. to lose his job. And what happened, I'm very, very interesting. They basically, the national team basically said, we are going to play the same way Leinster plays and we're going to pick a lot of Leinster players. Yes. And look, people think that that's me criticizing or saying it wasn't smart. I think that's the smartest play I've seen from an, uh, an Irish head coach in all my time in Ireland. Yes. Because that's what a national philosophy does. It starts at schools, goes to the clubs and ends up at the national team. It doesn't start at the national team and work down. And yes. you've seen this, you know, the great Italian sides and the great yes. Spanish sides. 
doing exactly the same thing. It starts in the academies and schools and comes forward. So that's what he's done. So we're now seeing the same rugby that Leinster are playing that have done so successfully over the, the last decade, and that's moved into the national side. And it's been a, it hasn't been an evolution, Aim. It's been a revolution. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You've seen rugby all over the world, um, Matt, and I watch it very carefully here. I enjoy it. I've interviewed Johnny Sexton and indeed Ronan O'Gara. I regard them as heroes and, and, and great sort of men in their, in their sport and beyond their sport in many ways in their character. The emergence now of hordes, it seems, of fantastic young players uh, coming out, many of them from Leinster, uh, and Leinster are dominant in, in, in the world, in, in Europe anyway, in terms of the club, uh, what we call club as opposed to country. Where are these kids coming from? The, the, and what inspired them? Was it the Schmidt era? Was it Sexton and O'Gara and Brian O'Connell? Or, or what? It's a phenomenon that, we, you know, as a soccer guy, we got one guy out now. His name is Evan Ferguson. He scored a hat trick in the Premier League, and that's it, more or less. Whereas yeah. in rugby, they're coming in droves. It, it is an extraordinary story, I mean, and it's 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 their use. And I, I, I'm on the other provinces as I coach Leinster. I know it well, so the other provinces might get angry with me if I don't mention them. But I don't know them well enough to mention them. But at, at Leinster, it was the use of the of the multiple private schools that yes. they converted basically all those private schools into mini academies. Right. And they provided them. This is a great model. They provided them with with coaching education, education on sports science, and provided a very good talent ID system into. Academies and they have a sub academy, senior academy. To give you an example, they're under 18 side that just finished this week that played. They're coached by a guy called Brett Igo, who's a friend of mine who worked for me at Leinster in Scotland. Brett is coaching them. Leinster provide them with a full 
12-week program, almost basically fully professional across the summer. They right. get full, full strength and conditioning, sports science, medicine, dietitians, coaches, and they appoint a senior player, Leinster senior player, in this case it was Reese Ruddick, to that side to act as a mentor and assistant coach. Right. So they understand the, the um, culture they're coming into. So they are intervening. Leinster are intervening with these kids at 14 and 15. And then they're moving through the system. So you're getting kids with Irish genetics, and I'm, I'm Irish. Genetically, I'm Irish as well. Yeah. So, so Irish genetics, you don't uh, men don't reach full maturity at 25, 26. Right. Yet we're finding these international second rowers like Joe McCarthy is in the squad now, who at 22 and 23, and, and James Ryan was another one before him, who are physically ready for international rugby at 20 years of age. Yeah. It's just an extraordinary story. And to think that Leinster are going on to, to, you know, they haven't won Europe for a couple of years, but they're making the final regularly with 20 or 21 players born in their province. Yeah, it's No one in the world is doing that. No one in New Zealand is doing that. No one in Australia anywhere is doing that, let alone making the finals. So their story is extraordinary. And I, I know, like, just recently Australian has tried to, Australian rugby's in, Dire straits, I mean, dire straits, and they're trying to restructure, and rightfully so. And they actually came out it was only last week and said they are trying to copy Leinster's structures to use in their yes um, elite player pathways. So that is coming through now, and that, of course, what does that do? That puts the fires under Munster, and Munster at the end of last year played some magnificent rugby again with a lot of local boys in their in their team, and Connor and and Ulster are also fighting. So all of a sudden, we're, you know, like competition raises everyone up. Yes, and they're all fighting, and they're pushing through these generations of extremely gifted, physically gifted uh, players, and they are playing. More importantly, Eamon, a philosophy that suits the Irish psyche and the Irish skill set, and that is playing a really fast, high tempo game based on skills. And it is it is really has been so effective, and that's not just me saying it. The results are proving it. Rank one in yep. the world, beating New Zealand in New Zealand, beating the South Africans, beating the French. This is a really golden age of um, of rugby for yes. Ireland at provincial and national level. Now, just before we finish for now, because we'll we'll be back and Matt's going to be with us throughout the tournament. Johnny Sexton, Matt, thirty eight now. He is the captain with a capital C. He's a born leader, I think, just from my observation. My observations don't matter. How good or great is he and how important is he? It clearly is important. And and the other question is, will he be targeted? Uh, I mean, yes to all the above. Right. Phenomenal, phenomenal individual. Just that, your only statement, 38. No one plays international rugby and dominates an international at 38. It's just unheard of. Yeah. And in 2019, I, I, I'm quite I'm quite open in saying this. I thought he was finished, and I said it publicly, and Sexton has proved me wrong. Yes. You know, and he's proved everyone wrong. Yes. And, and it's, it's the amazing thing about him. That, you know, usually players, as they get older, they modify their game to, to um, compensate for their reduced skills, their yes. reduced pace. That, that's only natural. That's what, that's what life does to us all. He, he has done the opposite. He's almost reinvented himself and come out playing a more physical game, a more direct game. He is, he is crucial for Ireland, not because the other players behind him aren't competent, but when you have an all-time great, uh, and Ireland have been so gifted in having O'Gara 
and then yeah. Sexton's career overlapping. So you've got the two best out halves Ireland ever had since Jackie Cole in the nineteen forties, and their careers have, have have corresponded. We've just been spoiled. Now he's coming to the end. He'll finish at this World Cup. If he can stay on the field, Ireland will have a great shot at uh, at winning this World Cup, and that's that's a huge. Huge, huge statement for a little country like Ireland, but it's true. They're, they're there or thereabouts. It's a very tough draw they've got, but with him there, they've got a shot. The other reason is he's not the only one, but he drives the standards. He demands the best off the people around him, coaches and players, and he gets it. Yeah, just one thing that I note as a former footballer for soccer variety, um, he seems to me to inject tempo. Uh, yes. To know when it's to know when a certain intensity is required or not, and he is the one sometimes quite recklessly almost who injects it, and that is leadership in action, isn't it? He knows when to in- inject it, and that's hugely important for a team, isn't it? It's like there is an equivalent in soccer: a, a, a great midfield player will know how the tempo should be in any given time, how to manage the game from that position. A great analogy, Eamon, and, and that word tempo. That's exactly what Ireland do. They, 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 there is a tackle and then there is a, a, a ruck, a contest for the ball. And what Ireland get is what we call LQB, lightning quick ball. Yes. And that is that lifts the tempo, the pace that they attack. And so they start asking attacking questions that the defence just can't answer. There is too much happening at too fast a pace yes. for the defence to, to react uh, effectively and stop the attack. And Sexton is the ringleader. He's the master. And there's just a couple of things that, you know, your listeners should look for. And we call it being square, Eamon. That is when Sexton gets the ball, he turns his hips so he's running straight at the opposition and he becomes a threat. Yes. So he attracts defenders and then he passes. And it's so brave. You said was he yes. targeted. Johnny Sexton gets hit so often. Yes. Because he takes the ball to the defenders to the last split second then passes so that the defenders are committed to him and that creates space for the people yes. outside him. And that is just that, – that's the difference between a world-class 10 and an average 10. And and Sexton is the best, pretty close to the best I've ever seen of that. You know, Mark Eller back in the 80s was the best player ever played against all saw. Different era. In this era, Sexton is without doubt the best at that that I've seen. Okay, uh, um, just final question. I'm not going to ask you who's going to win the World Cup at this stage because – well, nobody knows. If people would be thinking, I'd say I'm thinking aloud now, either France, New Zealand, Ireland, or South Africa, one of those four nations are going to win the World Cup. What would you say to that? I'd say that's probable. Highly, right. highly probable. Right. Highly probable, yeah. Okay. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Matt. We've learned a lot already, and... We, we're going to follow, uh, we need our guides and we're going to follow the World Cup with Matt. He is working for Virgin Media, Virgin Media and RT have the coverage, the television coverage. So you can see Matt on Virgin. His knowledge of the game is unsurpassed and he's a, an Aussie. I should ask you about Australia. Um, <laughs> because they, it looks to me, Matt, and you haven't said it really a little bit that they have a cushy number here. All their enemies, all the other potential winners are going to be dead by the time they reach Australia. 
Eamon, with, with, with the, the lamentation in your voice that I hear you talk about the, the Republic of Ireland football team, I'm <laughs> talking to you with the same lamentation about the Wallabies. So right. we're, the Australian rugby is, is up off the floor. It was down and out. I thought it may, during COVID, I thought it may even collapse. Right. And to, to their credit, they're trying to stand up. It's going to be a long, long time till we see a really dominant Australian team. The, the, the thing is with the Australians, the Argentinians and the English, they are on a very easy path to a semi-final. Yes. Now, the Australians are capable of two good games in that tournament. Right. And if that's a semi and a final, it is possible, but it is highly, highly unlikely. Their discipline is poor. They don't have a lot of great creative players. We just spoke about sex and they got nowhere near sex to know the, yeah. the quality of the, of the Irish, of the, um, Irish team. If you pick the combined side, maybe, maybe one would make it. Will Skelton might make that side. No others. So it's, it, you know, the quality of the player we've produced, exactly like you were talking about Irish football, has, has dropped dramatically. And that's because of the systems in Australia. Right. And I, I take no pride in that. It just breaks my heart because I'm a product of that system. And it was a great system that it was neglected and, and let go. And, and to be fair to what Eddie Jones is doing, I don't necessarily agree with this. He, he, he has basically left a number of quality players behind, brought a younger squad in the hope of giving them experience for the next World Cup because the next World Cup is in Australia. Right. And, and that's what they're putting a, a lot of their money on. I don't agree with that philosophy and I don't agree with that strategy, but that's what they're doing. And the Poms have no chance, have they? I mean, the, the, the joyous, <laughs> they don't. joyously, let's, let's, let's take some joy out of that last piece of the conversation with Australian rugby and, and Irish, uh, Irish football. They have been the most abject disasters I have witnessed in many years. Yeah. The only thing we, we can say is they just can't get any worse. Right. They just physically, they can't get any worse. They have been absolutely appalling. And it, it, everyone blames they kick too much. And I saw poor George Ford catch the ball. And there is literally no one around him. Yeah. He is the, he's their out half. He's the equivalent of Johnny Sexton. What is he supposed to do? Right. And they, they just seem totally, totally lost. The only possibility that if you're an English supporter, you get some joy is, is I just can't see them getting any worse. They could remain the same, but you've got to, you've got to expect that they could get some, some a little bit better. But they're playing Argentina this weekend as well. Yeah. That is a massive game. And I, I, I think the Pumas, I think with Michael Checker coaching, the next Leinster and Wallaby yes. coach, I think they could do them. Okay, well that'll spread a bit of joy around the world for all of us, no matter what, no matter what else happens. So it's, exactly. Thank you very much. That's the great Matt Williams, uh, outstanding analyst, steeped in the game, coached some of the great club sides, and is going to be guiding us uh, through this adventure, which begins on Friday night and lasts until the twenty eighth of October. It should be totally fascinating, and we'll have Matt to guide us all the way thanks to Matt thanks to all of you for listening that's all we have time for now we'll talk to you soon planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.